Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 60 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen. I'm the director of 7 Positive, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Alistair Davis. Alistair Davis joined Social Investment Scotland in 2009, initially to run the investment team. However, in 2011, Alistair became SIS's chief executive. Before joining SIS, he worked with Bank of Scotland's Community Banking, where he developed his broad and extensive knowledge of social investment. In 2012, Alistair completed the prestigious Strategic Perspectives in Nonprofit Management program at the Harvard Business School, and in 2017 was awarded a fellowship of the Chartered Banker Institute. Alistair is currently on the board of the North East Social Investment Company in England and the advisory boards of Big Society Capital and Scottish Edge. Whilst not at SIS or on holiday on the high seas, Alistair enjoys spending time in the kitchen working on his latest culinary creations. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Alistair's broad insights into social entrepreneurship and social investment. We'll get Alistair's thoughts and perspective on social enterprise opportunities and we'll hear what Alistair believes can be done to create stronger opportunities for positive social change. Alistair, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, good to be here, Tom. Great. So to kick things off, Alistair, could you please share a bit about your background and what led you to work in the social investment and social enterprise sector? So I think that I probably ended up in this sector quite by accident. It was never um, originally my intention and it wasn't something or, or a sector that I was particularly uh, attracted to after university, but my, my career in terms of leading up to the point of running an investment organisation started off pretty traditionally, and as you might expect, by working for uh, one of the main banks uh, in Scotland and one of the largest banks in the UK, uh, and learning the learning my trade, I guess, in, mm. in that organisation, eventually working in an organisation or part of the bank called Community Banking. Yep. And that part of the bank managed the bank's relationships with charities and not-for-profit organisations right across the UK and was one of the early pioneers of lending uh, to charities and social enterprises. Mm. But as everybody will be aware, right across the world in 2008, the financial services sector changed and there was an opportunity for me to uh, leave uh, banking behind uh, and moved to Social Investment Scotland. And the advantage that uh, we had there was uh, leading the deployment of quite a significant investment pot, mm. uh, just over £30 million focused on charities and social enterprises. So in a financial climate where uh, the regular financial services sector was not investing in charities and social and social enterprises, then the, the opportunity to deploy a significant amount of, amount of capital for impact yeah. uh, was particularly attractive. And really, uh, since joining 
Social Investment Scotland and taking over as chief executive two years later, we have really uh, reinvented the organisation and, and grown it quite quite significantly mm. uh, to the extent that it's now one of the most uh, important drivers of the growth of the social enterprise sector in Scotland. Fantastic. Well, it's been a really inspirational journey. So how did you find your purpose and how did that change the way that you live and work? So I wasn't uh, particularly familiar with the social enterprise sector or the not-for-profit world uh, until I uh, joined that particular team uh, within the bank. And I guess at that point was exposed to the huge variety uh, of a diverse sector. Uh, enjoyed working particularly with people who weren't just motivated by financial ambition or financial goals mm. and been able to see up close the impact that these organizations were making uh, on people's lives was was something that I enjoyed and enjoyed playing a small part in. Uh, now the, the opportunity really uh, grew to make a difference in terms of uh, when I joined Social Investment Scotland and being I guess free of the uh, restraints of a big organization uh, and being able to de uh, deploy, I guess, a, a more entrepreneurial approach to uh, social investment and what, what we were able to within the confines of, of the banking and financial uh, system. And really that's allowed uh, me to uh, deepen my relationships with charities and social enterprises to really get under the skin yep. of what is it that they're trying to achieve to work with them to understand more about what it is that they need in terms of um, investment and support and been able to then uh, connect them up with either that investment or that support or the expertise that they need to take things on to a next level. But I am very much a product of uh, the financial crash, uh, the, the opportunity for personally and, and for my, my career and, and the impact that I've been able to create really can be traced back to uh, the financial crisis and and the and the crash um, and the changes that then subsequently have happened across the sector right across the world. So um, it might have been bad at the time, but in, in hindsight, it was probably the best thing that ever happened uh, to me personally. Mm, wow. So in previous episodes of Impact Boom, Alistair, many of our interviewees, such as Peter Holbrook, David Brooks, Alex Hannon and Robin Dick have all pointed to Scotland as the leader in social enterprise. So what do you think have been the key factors that have created this thriving social enterprise environment? So it's very flattering, I think, to be recognised in a global context for our um, experience and credibility in the, the social enterprise movement, particularly as it grows uh, right across the world. And I don't think that sometimes we maybe quite appreciate the fact that um, other countries and other organisations right across the world are paying quite such close attention to what Scotland is doing. So it, it's good to know and good, good to be able to share some of that experience uh, mm. with your listeners. But I would say that Scotland has a, a long history of um, community enterprise. You can trade back to the, the mid-19th century in terms of some new models of um, worker participation worker cooperatives that were set up to deal with some of the challenges uh, or some of the social challenges of the industrial revolutions and I think that has created uh, a strong foundation for the growth um, of what we would probably say at that term at that point in time was a movement. Mm. I think the other thing uh, to remember in terms of the the landscape and the geography and the demographic makeup of Scotland is that it's not just about urban centres and it, that most of the country is 
uh, remote and rural. And I think that that has meant that communities and local people have been forced into a situation where they have had to create entrepreneurial solutions to local yep. problems and be more, more self-sufficient in terms of uh, what it is that they need to make their communities a success. And particularly in the highlands and islands of Scotland, yep. um, some of the most uh, remote and fragile uh, landscapes and communities anywhere in Europe, uh, there are fantastic examples now of robust social enterprises that have got a strong track record um, of creating social impact in a sustainable way. And I think that that foundation has allowed the sector to build strong relationships with the Scottish Government. And I think that since we have had our own Parliament in Scotland, we have been able to really deepen the relationships as a sector with uh, the Scottish Government and the various administrations that have been in place. And that has resulted in continuation of uh, strong and significant financial support, mm. but also at the highest levels of government, whereby our First Minister and Deputy First Minister are aware of the social enterprise movement, the strong ecosystem of support that we have uh, to support the growth and development of the social enterprise sector, uh, and then successive movements, and in particular at the moment in terms of a 10-year strategy for the social enterprise sector in Scotland. Mm. And I think that all of those things in, in combination, the unique characteristics of the country, the strong heritage and then the strong government support have meant that we have been able to retain um, that strong ecosystem and culture of social enterprise support and development, which obviously has begun to attract um, attention from across the world. I'm always quite conscious to say that doesn't mean that everything is perfect. We still have our challenges as a sector, and I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about that in a bit more detail soon. But um, it is certainly something that we are we are proud of. It's something that we certainly don't want to lose, and it's certainly something that as a movement we have to work together to retain. Most certainly. Well, you certainly do have a few eyes on you as a country from around the world, which is a great thing. So you mentioned some challenges, Alistair. So what do you find to be some of the biggest challenges in working in the social enterprise sector in Scotland, and how have you worked around them? So I think there's probably two main challenges that I would um, highlight in terms of uh, building on what we just said about the, the track record and the heritage of the movement. I think that as social enterprise has gained traction internationally um, and there have been different models uh, and formats of social enterprise that have emerged uh, right across the world, uh, that has created some challenges for the social enterprise sector in Scotland. And I would say that traditionally, social enterprise in Scotland has in many ways been quite an orthodox movement. It has been defined under particular legal forms. Mm. Uh, and I would say that although those still remain true and very relevant for many social enterprise formats in Scotland, some of the models that we see uh, in a more global context where uh, they have emerged from countries that perhaps don't have such a strong heritage have perhaps challenged uh, some of those more traditional uh, models of social enterprise. Mm. And we see that in particular from young people who have a desire to create a business that it's not only impactful and creates a social impact, uh, but perhaps might involve an element of financial return for them as a director. Yep. Uh, and I think that in some parts of the sector, we have struggled to accommodate that in with what have been uh, slightly rigid definitions mm. uh, and structures. However, I think that as that innovation has progressed and we've been able to perhaps bring that innovation in an appropriate way, 
We've managed to find a way to recognise as a community that social enterprise is indeed a spectrum mm. and there are a range of different models and what we need to focus on is the impact of those social enterprises and business forms rather than just uh, their legal structure. Yeah. So that's probably the first challenge that I would say that we see uh, and continue to see in Scotland. And the, the second uh, aspect would be that although that we are... Um, a proud nation, and as I mentioned earlier, now have our own parliament. We are still part of the United Kingdom, and as you'll have heard from other commentators from uh, the, the broader UK scene, social enterprise is just as prevalent and uh, important in other parts of the United Kingdom, particularly in England, and there have been significant developments that have taken place uh, south of the border mm. uh, to support the growth and the development of social enterprise right across the UK. The focus is different. There's, there's more of a focus on how social enterprises can deliver public services on behalf of the state. Yep. And we don't see that same pressure in Scotland. Uh, but it, it does uh, create not only advantages for organisations like Social Investment Scotland to take advantage of society capital, who are a wholesale social investor, we are still able to access investment from them as a UK-wide institution that perhaps mainly focuses on England um, and some of the tax advantages that exist for social enterprise in terms of our tax system that is still retained at a UK level. Yeah. But it's been able to take advantage of the benefits uh, and support that's available within both ecosystems, both at a Scottish level and at an English level. And sometimes that's a challenge just to be able to navigate that and to tell the story uh, of how that fits into the broader broader picture of social enterprise across the UK. Mm, it's really interesting to hear those perspectives. So SIS invests loan finance in third sector organisations across Scotland and it manages the Scottish Investment Fund on behalf of the Scottish Government, which is a multi-million pound programme of investment in the sector. So could you please share some of the success stories and what you believe are the key ingredients that have been there to see the organisations that you support thrive? Absolutely. So the, the Scottish Investment Fund is a fund that is backed by the Scottish Government and was the fund that I joined Social Investment Scotland to manage, a, a 30, well, £31.8 million programme of investment, a mix of grant and loan in third sector organisations right across Scotland. And that government support is one of the key success factors, not only of the social enterprise movement more broadly, but of Social Investment Scotland as well, because it provided a level of capital that we had not seen before as an organisation that provided government endorsement to the concept of social enterprise and provided a grant and loan mix that many organisations point to as being a defining moment in their success as, and growth as an organisation. So one of uh, probably three successes I would highlight in terms of what we have achieved as an organisation is, is the successful deployment of that uh, fund. It went to 69 organisations and actually the vast majority of them, certainly over 60, uh, continue to trade uh, and continue to trade successfully. Um, and that's probably a, a level of success that you would not normally see in, in mainstream finance. So mm -hmm. that has undoubtedly had a significant effect upon the growth of the social enterprise sector in Scotland, particularly for larger uh, and more complex organisations. Mm. And, and the second success that I would point to more recently is being able to use the success of that fund, the, the, the money that was being repaid uh, from customers that were able to do so that had received investment from the Scottish Investment Fund to seed a new social investment fund in Scotland that was backed 
both by the Scottish Government and Big Society Capital, mm. as I mentioned earlier. So Social Investment Scotland are the only uh, organisation in Scotland to have received investment from Big Society Capital, and they are a wholesale social investor with £600 million to invest, with the majority of that money coming from dormant bank account assets, so money that people have uh, often forgotten about in accounts and small, mm. uh, and small amounts and uh, Big Society Capital have been allocated that capital to invest in the social enterprise sector right across the UK. So being able to attract um, £8 million from them to create a £16 million fund in 2014 is another success story for the organisation. And basically that has provided um, larger amounts of capital, uh, in some cases up to £2 million, uh, to support organisations to increase the scale and scope of their activity. Uh, and a fund that was designed based directly on feedback of organisations. So I would point to that as being a particular success story as well. Mm. And the third and final thing that we are particularly proud of and has uh, allowed us to gain attention right across the world has been our relationship with uh, ASDA, who are part of the Walmart uh, group globally, the world's largest retailer. And we've had a partnership with them since 2015, and in Scotland, like many countries across the world, we have a, a levy on, on single-use uh, carrier bags in supermarkets. We pay five pence for a plastic bag. And that money is designed to come to into charities. And the proceeds from that particular supermarket in Scotland have come to Social Investment Scotland to use both for loan finance, but also to support social enterprises scale up to access retail supply chains. So I'm particularly keen on supporting social enterprises that want to sell product uh, and sell product to the mainstream, a bit like fair trade has been in the past. Yeah. Uh, and that relationship has allowed us to uh, secure relationships so far for two social enterprises who are now selling the product on the shelves of a supermarket and, and hundreds of stores right across the United Kingdom. So I think that that has been a different stream of activity. It's brought social enterprise to greater prominence with the general public. Mm. Uh, and it's been an experience uh, and an, an interesting learning, learning experience to work with a, a major corporate organisation and a major retailer uh, that's operating at the scale that ASDA are. So there's, there's three things that have emerged over time that have been important in their own way that have been uh, supporting the success of Social Investment Scotland. Mm, well, it sounds like SIS is, is providing some fantastic support. So when it comes to successfully getting finance as a social entrepreneur then, what are the top three recommendations that you'd make to help organisations on their journey? So I think the first thing that I would say to social enterprises trying to raise um, investment is not to forget that you actually are uh, an enterprise as much as the social part. Mm. And uh, some of the the normal uh, business metrics that regular businesses would use to attract finance are just as important to a social enterprise trying to raise investment as a regular business. So the first thing would be to say that social enterprises need to know their numbers inside out. They need to know their plan. They need to own their business plan uh, and understand uh, the different variables that sit behind it because mm -hmm. that's what we are going to focus on uh, as investors. Yeah. The second thing... Um, is quite often I don't believe that social enterprises are bold enough with their ask of their investors. Mm. And raising investment is different to applying for a grant. We, we would never scale somebody back. It's, it's not the case that 
with some grants, you might apply for £50,000 and they might only give you twenty. Yeah. So social enterprises need to be bold with their ask in terms of what they require in terms of their financing need. Uh, and it's always better to build in some headroom um, at the point of application rather than having to come back when things change. Mm-hmm. That would be my second piece of advice. And my third bit of advice to social enterprises, again, to recognise that it is not a grant and an investment is a different type of relationship with a funder. It's very much a partnership. An, an investor will, will sit with you on the different uh, stages of your journey, and that's not about just making sure that the money gets repaid, but they will take an interest in your organisation uh, right across uh, the repayment period of the investment mm. to understand your performance, to understand the challenges that you're facing, uh, to understand the opportunities you may be seeing as a business and how that might lead to the need for greater investment. Uh, and that means that, uh, there's normally certain information that has to be provided back uh, to your investor. And that's not something that organisations should be afraid of, but recognise it as a genuine partnership. And I suppose one of the key differences between social investment and uh, more regular investment in that the investors are genuinely interested in seeing not just that financial return, of, of course, but also the, the social impact mm-hmm. uh, that the organisation is creating. Yep. So just just things to be aware of, but my, my general uh, advice is always to organisations is not to be scared of it. I think many organisations are, are not used to, re- many of the more established organisations are not used to raising investment and can often find it to be something that's off-putting. Yep. But uh, social investors want to invest their money in you and I think opening up that conversation and an, an honest dialogue can make the difference in securing that investment capital. Mm, fantastic. Recently on the podcast, various leaders have been pointing towards teams as a key thing that investors look towards when they provide funding. So what do you believe are the most important attributes of a social entrepreneur? So two things, and I guess that reflects both the the social part of it and the entrepreneurial uh, part of it. A successful social entrepreneur will understand their numbers know how their business is progressing and have a team that supports the achievement of those objectives and that builds on what I was saying earlier in terms of the what you need to know uh, to be able to raise finance yeah but the probably the key difference for a social entrepreneur is being able to understand how that particular social enterprise is making a difference how the investment that they raise will increase uh, their social impact but really to be able to understand how that organiser is making a difference to sell that story, to sell that vision, and to be able to communicate that out to their customers, Mm. to their investors, uh, and to their stakeholders. Because if they're not able to do that, then to be quite honest, they really are not uh, a social entrepreneur. So being able to build a team uh, that supports those twin objectives, making sure that the business dynamics of the organisation are robust and secure, Uh, with people that understand all of that aspect of it, but recognising that it is not a regular business and there is a social purpose at the end of the day and being able to understand that and communicate that is a key thing that we would regularly look for when Mm. making a social investment in a particularly in a team rather than in a single social entrepreneur. Yep, fantastic. I think there's some great insights there. So in 2012, you participated in the Strategic Perspectives in Nonprofit Management Program at Harvard Business School. So for you, Alistair, what were the key takeaways from the program? So I had always had an ambition to spend time in the, in the US uh, and after visiting Boston before that and visiting Harvard, 
was quite captivated by it. So it was mm. a particular personal uh, ambition of mine to spend some time in, in that type of environment. Yeah. And the the visit um, and that incorporated the course at Harvard also allowed me to reconnect with some of the roots of Social Investment Scotland. We were we were founded on US models of community investment. Mm. And in 2012, 2011, 2012, it was just as I had taken over as chief executive and we were reformulating the organization's uh, mission and strategy and, and business plan uh, for the for the next five years or so. So to be able, as part of that visit, to reconnect with some of the organizations that our founders had visited back in 2000 and 2001 uh, was particularly special, but being able to participate in that course uh, at Harvard with about 150 non-profit leaders from right across the world uh, was undoubtedly something that went on to shape uh, the strategic vision of, of Social Investment Scotland. Uh, there, it was people who were in exactly the same position uh, running uh, not-for-profit organisations mm. in a variety of different sectors, all focused on trying to make a difference. But it was a safe space for people to share their challenges, for people to share uh, things that they might not normally be able to share with their teams or their yeah. boards or with their stakeholders. But being able to to network and spend time with each other in that in that environment created ideas, created energy, mm. uh, and has created some lifelong relationships with people that were there. But the most important thing that came out of that course for me was the importance of mission and the importance of a mission for any social enterprise and being able to say in a clear statement how your organization is making a difference and being able to uh, analyze it by using uh, the why question. So if you ask an organization what they do and repeatedly saying why, 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 yeah. you will eventually get to the real reason that that organization exists. And being able to encapsulate that in a mission statement that you can then use as a foundation for your strategy, but also to use as a framework to assess opportunities as they might come along has been particularly important. So even now, um, what's that now, five, six, seven years on from that, even as a team at Social Investment Scotland, we talk about the mission, we talk about mission drift, we use it as a framework to assess new opportunities mm. and, and regularly do say no to things that come uh, across our desks because they don't fit uh, with the strategy or the mission of the organisation. Mm. So it's something that I will, will never forget. It's, it's learning that I remember in many cases quite vividly. Yeah. It's it's a learning experience that I quite often refer back to even all of those years later. And I think that's the hallmark of a good uh, training experience, that it's not just something that you forget within a few days after returning to the office. It was, it was quite fundamental to... Uh, not only my development as a leader, but also to the development of the organization. Mm, sounds like a fantastic experience. So, Alistair, the Social Enterprise World Forum will be taking place in Edinburgh in 2018. So, looking towards that forum taking place, how have you seen the social enterprise sector change over the last five years or so? And most importantly, where do you see it heading? So even in the time that I've been in the social enterprise sector, which is almost 10 years, there has been a huge change uh, in the dynamics uh, of it as a sector. And, and one of the most interesting things that we see uh, in Scotland is the emergence and the influence of young people uh, on uh, the social enterprise sector. Mm. And I think that that's particularly exciting uh, for the movement as a whole, it's, it's exciting for everybody that's involved with it at the moment. But you see the prevalence of, of younger entrepreneurs, so probably those in their uh, 20s and early 30s, who 
see business activity as being something that should be impactful in some way, as being quite a natural part of their business model. It's not an add-on, it's not a nice-to-do, it's not a corporate responsibility focus. It's something that's integrated within the, the very DNA of their business. And you mentioned in the introduction that I'm part of the advisory board of an organisation called Scottish Edge. Yep. And that's a, basically a seed funding competition for early-stage businesses in Scotland. And actually, just last night, they held um, the finals for Round 11, uh, which invested about a million pounds in these businesses. And it was really fascinating to see the social thread that runs through many of these organisations, probably without them even knowing that they could be considered a social enterprise. Mm. They probably wouldn't identify themselves as being a social enterprise. But because of something that's either happened to them as individuals or, or their families or as entrepreneurs, they are creating businesses that have purpose. And I think that we need to make sure that we harness the opportunities of that. And that's been a significant change, not only over the last 10 years, but something that we need to focus on uh, in the next 10 years and, and beyond. Yeah. The, the second change uh, that we have seen, and perhaps Social Investment Scotland has played a part in this by uh, the growth and scale of its investment activity and the number of organisations that we've been able to support, mm. is the, just the general awareness of social enterprise and, and more specifically social investment as a concept within yeah. uh, the Scottish economy. I, I maybe would question whether if you stopped a man on the street and asked him what a social enterprise was, whether they'd be able to give you uh, a convincing answer. But many of the people that are more influential in the government or in other stakeholders will be aware of social enterprise and the opportunities that it presents uh, for the future development of the Scottish economy and things that we've done as a sector in Scotland, like our social enterprise census, uh, being able to quantify the scale of activity uh, of social enterprise in Scotland have been important drivers of that. So as we look to the forum returning uh, to Edinburgh, where it started 10 years ago, there's a, a real moment, yes, for reflection, uh, but also thinking about how you use that foundation of the last 10 years and, and longer than 10 years to drive the future development of the sector in Scotland and how that affects activity across the rest of the world. And I'm keen that we, we are much more bold um, as a movement and sector, as a sector in Scotland. I don't think we should be hiding the success stories. We should be more confident in, in the role that we play in the movement of social enterprise right across the world. But not, not allow that to be something that creates a sense of arrogance, but to continue to focus on the people in Scotland whose lives we're trying to change and be, create really innovative and interesting responses to some of society's greatest challenges mm. uh, in Scotland and across the UK and perhaps elsewhere. And I would hope that we don't lose that sense of, of pioneering innovation that we've been so proud of uh, as a sector yeah. uh, looking back the way. Well, it sounds like there's some really inspirational initiatives and organisations over there, Alistair. So drawing uh, closer to the end now, would you like to quickly tell us about a couple of the local social enterprises that you believe are, are really inspiring and, and uh, addressing some, some really important community challenges? Absolutely. So um, two examples that I hope that people who come to the Social Enterprise World Forum in Edinburgh in 2018 might hear a bit more about are, are, are one organisation that focuses in particular on homelessness. Yep. Uh, now that's called Social Bite. Now essentially Social Bite is a small chain of sandwich shops created by two quite inspirational uh, young social entrepreneurs uh, in Edinburgh. They now have 
uh, four or five outlets. Mm. They have been supported by investment from Social Investment Scotland, but that's really what's been the driving force behind them has been the incredible vision of uh, the social entrepreneurs that founded the organisation. And from that foundation, they have continually challenged and disrupted the homelessness movement um, in Scotland. Uh, and through not only enterprising activity through their sandwich shops, have then gone on to open a restaurant. Mm. Uh, they have then moved into the provision of supported accommodation for people that are homeless. Uh, they have even uh, spun off a craft beer called Brugeder uh, that supports clean water projects in Africa. So not necessarily anything to do with homelessness, but part of the overall family of social enterprises that um, exist. Yeah, they have been involved in creating significant business dinners in Scotland, the Scottish Business Awards, bringing people like George Clooney and Bill Clinton to Scotland to speak and to raise the profile uh, of social enterprise. So really shows the power of quite an incredible visionary social entrepreneur called Josh, um, who I hope that people will have the opportunity to hear from. And really, that's now entered um, mainstream consciousness. We've got a homelessness action plan in Scotland. We've got a vision to end homelessness in Scotland with significant mm. government resource. And whereas that social enterprise would never uh, lay claim to doing all of that on their own, they have been able to uh, challenge and disrupt in a socially enterprising way some of the conventions uh, and preconceptions about homelessness in Scotland. Mm. Uh, so that's social bite. And the second one that... Um, is particularly close to my heart. It was one of the first investments that I led on uh, after joining Social Investment Scotland as an organisation called the Spartans Community Football Academy. Now, Scotland is a footballing nation. I'm not interested in football uh, one bit, but the, this is a um, essentially a community football facility uh, in Edinburgh and a particularly deprived community uh, of Edinburgh with a range of different social challenges in terms of antisocial behaviour, uh, drug use, uh, areas of deprivation in terms of food poverty, mm. uh, and really this organisation in particular working with, through young people uh, and then extending those relationships uh, into their families have been able to create real and measurable social impact and social mm. change uh, on that particular uh, community through the power of sport. So it's a, a essentially a football facility where you can hire uh, pitches and facilities on a commercial basis, but with that activity being able to support a whole range of other social activity that supports the people that live uh, in that area. So, for, for example, one of the things that has nothing to do with football is the fact that children in that particular local community have got particularly poor dental health uh, and have poor teeth from quite an early age. So mm. using some of the interventions that they've designed, they actually have a, a dental health programme that teaches children how to brush their teeth and gives them learning that they can then take back into their families to help their families brush their teeth, which can seem like something that's quite simple and actually has nothing to do with football, but shows that uh, from that uh, facility and from that community asset, there's been a range of different uh, community impacts that have been created. So they've raised quite significant investment uh, from us, but I think the, the particular thing that's been attractive and inspirational uh, and rewarding about that investment has the has been the ability that they have had to point directly to the social impact that they've been having within mm. their, that local community. Uh, so, for example, one of the most stark statistics that they have is about the significant drop in knife crime that has taken place within that community. And wow. that's something that's been recognised by the police, uh, basically because they 
been there and providing a safe space for young people mm. uh, to hang out on a Friday evening, a Saturday morning, yep. or a Sunday afternoon, rather than, than hanging about on the streets. Yeah. That sounds like a couple of really, really great initiatives there, Alistair. So to finish off then, could you please recommend a couple of great books to our listeners? Absolutely. So um, one of the joys that I've had at Social Investment Scotland has been about uh, building a team, um, and particularly in terms of building a team as a first-time chief executive. I hadn't been a chief executive before when I took over at CIS, and to be honest, in many ways, didn't really know what I was doing. So I have looked to uh, external learning and also to to books for guidance. So the first, these are not books that are particularly unusual or will be unknown uh, to people, but I've found them particularly useful. The first one has been a book that's written by a guy called Daniel Pink, who people will be familiar with, called Drive. Um, and I think that's partic- that looks at motivation in teams and in the workplace, and that's been particularly important for uh, a social enterprise that in the financial sector, we're not able to pay the financial services salaries that other organisations might benefit from, but what we are able to offer people is uh, what I sometimes call the warm, fuzzy feeling inside mm. uh, in terms of being able to participate in work activity that is rewarding and makes a difference. And that, that book explores how that can actually be more powerful than financial reward. Yep. So that's one thing, uh, particularly in terms of building a team that's been uh, useful. Uh, but the other book, I guess, some ways to contrast with that is something that I've read more recently. We've, we've grown significantly as an organisation. So when I took over, we had four people. I had four staff. Uh, on Monday, uh, number 21 starts, and, mm. and the new year, number 22 starts. So that's not always easy. Uh, so the second book um, is called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team yep. by a, a guy called Patrick Lencioni. Uh, very easy read. You could read it in uh, about an hour, uh, and that explores some of the challenges in terms of of growing a team and developing a culture. And that's something that I uh, refer back to quite often and reflect on uh, as we perhaps experience some of the challenges of growth. So nothing particularly unusual, actually nothing that's particularly social in either of those two books, uh, but things that have been important for me in terms of uh, developing my leadership skills and, and growing uh, social investment in Scotland. Mm, they sound like great books and I'll stick a couple links to them at the bottom of the article. So Alistair, thank you so much for sharing your time and your valuable experience today. It's been a fantastic conversation and I'll very much look forward to, to following your progress and touching base with you hopefully in Scotland next year. Forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.